Hi, and welcome back to Voices in AI, where Joseph and I have been exploring some of the key leaders in the space and people are influencing what we're reading, what we're seeing, and what's happening in the industry, in the field. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, two pretty well-known names. One of them you may not consider immediately for AI, but his company, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Meta, is it's doing uh... quite a lot in it, the space, including having their own uh, LLM. And their chief scientist, the chief AI scientist at Meta, uh, is Yahoo, is pretty uh, fascinating individual. He's been doing this for decades. <laughs> yeah. Seems to, yeah, almost. I I hate to throw any age on somebody, but he seems to be one of the other uh, the visionary found elders of the industry. So in yeah, he along with Jeffrey Hinton and Yashua Bengio. Uh, we haven't talked about either of those guys yet, but the yeah. three of them are considered like the godfathers of modern AI because yeah. they've really pushed forward the the deep neural network type architecture in a period when a AI had abandoned it. Yeah. yeah. He's, Lacuna himself was known for the neural network side of things, as my understanding from reading about him and, and so forth. I, I saw... I haven't read the document, but I saw he published a uh, draft document back in June 2022 that was, it was laid out. It sketches a bold new vision for the future of AI based on a neural network. They would be able to view the world at different levels of detail. And, and if you consider that aspect of what an AI could be doing and adjusting to, that's when you start getting the scary side of AGI and where people think this could go very well and could go wrong <laughs> yeah i'll check my bias at the beginning here to say that i do not look favorably upon meta even before this whole ai thing and i think that trend is actually continuing in my opinion and yeah. that is being primarily led by these two people mark and the zuck and jan uh, but there is also no denying Jan LeCun's influence on the field. The kind of two major things that he has contributed or was one of the primary contributors to were uh, this technique called backpropagation, which is when you're teaching the neural network, what happens is like it gets all the way through the network to the end and then it has that output. And if that output is wrong, it then like reverses through the network to update the weights in that network so that it fires, if it's like tweaking the knob so that it does fire more appropriately the next time. And that's what this fine tuning is that we talk about. The second thing he contributed was something called convolutional neural networks. There's tons of different types of neural networks, but this one you actually use probably on a somewhat bi-weekly or monthly basis when you get a check in the mail for something, you've probably used like your app, your phone app to take a picture of that. And somehow you probably don't even think about it. It's able to read all the information on that, process it. So this is what he worked on, which is essentially to identify, it's really easy to identify a typed number three. It's really difficult to identify a handwritten number three because there's an infinite number of permutations of how someone writes the number three. So this network works to like identify what something is and then connected to whatever that symbol's meaning is essentially got it got it got it that's cool that's really cool it, it yeah I'm, I'm going back to your first comment that you, you like you when you talk about anything with meta you often do have to check something at the door 
and similar to you, I, especially coming out of a performance marketing background, I know the depth of what they, they've been trying to do with data and privacy has never really been a strong concern for them. At least for, <laughs> and, I, and I blame that more, put it more at the, the feet, the doors of, of Zuckerberg than Jan LeCun. Yeah. But you've got to ask, if you're working within that sort of organization, where's the safety mechanism? And Facebook, sorry, Meta, has always been somewhat clever in spinning it back so that they get the feel good, good perception that they were one of the first to freely share their LLM, which I can't even think of the name right now. Lama? It's Lama. Yeah. yeah. L-A-M-A. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think stands for something, but I can't remember what the hell it is. Yeah. It's large language, something, model, something. <laughs> yeah. It's, you get the sense that it, that's good. It's helpful. How is it going to be limited? It's not. I can't think of another example. The only one that's popping to my mind right now is Firefox, right? Mozilla where there was a movement for open source years ago, long years ago, and where people were doing it not just to, like Firefox, to make it available and free. They were counting on the brain power of a community to help push their product further, faster, etc. You don't get the sense of that with Llama. You don't see in the news or so forth. And maybe I'm reading the wrong stuff, so it's not in my algorithmic list or whatever. So many people working. If you take entities that were once walled garden, and they still definitely have that walled garden mentality, and they're suddenly saying, yeah, we're going to open source this. Do you really think they're trying to get the best? <laughs> yeah, so let me give my hot take here. First off, Meta is very late to the game. Here, they were caught off guard just as much as everyone else was by ChatGPT. And my educated guess here, in terms of going full open source mentality, for one, you know, Jan LeCun in particular, he's what we call an accelerationist. He's very cavalier about AI technology in terms of what risks? There's no risks. We're just talking about matrix multiplication here. These things can't think, they, whatever. There's no like... He's very anti, like anything is going to happen wrong with the models that we have right now, despite literally things happening right now. But the idea behind that, and, and he pushes forward the open source, is he just signed a letter with many other people in the field around how we need to make this open source because we want to do this in public and we want to make sure we're getting everybody's heads around it. But to me, and, and maybe this is not Jan's idea, more Zuck's, but they're so far behind that they actually need to essentially steal like people's time to <laughs> research these open models so that they can incorporate any sort of like things that are bubbling up from the community so that they can incorporate that without having to pay anyone. It's also extremely competitive right now for machine learning experts and researchers. Yeah. And they typically want to go the open source route. They want to be able to freely share the research that they're doing and the things that they're creating. And again, this is another way that they're just trying to have a competitive advantage in the talent space to try to get people again to catch up because they're so far behind. And we're starting to see the corners that are getting cut with them as well. They released Llama, which was their open source model. So like you can go download Llama right now and do whatever you want with it. 
they had done like almost no safety testing on it and gave it to some researchers and it immediately leaked. It was supposed to only be for researchers and suddenly, obviously it takes only one of those researchers to like put it up online <laughs> and then, cause it's essentially just like uh, an Excel spreadsheet more or less that you're giving people just the weight that spread very quickly. And we, we already started to see there were no safeguards. This wasn't tested at all before it got out there. And so now they've just leaned fully into it. They've released Llama 2, as well as they're putting out all kinds of different AI models, some of which they have actually had the the foresight to not release. There's a couple models around, I think, like voice generation that it was like too good and too easy to use. So they like yeah, so back, yeah, but... Made- Generally, that is the the exception, not the rule. They're going full tilt ahead. Let's just put everything out there and let people play with it. Yeah, yeah. I, it calls a lot of things into a game of AI, the landscape of it. And we'll talk about that with one of the other people that's coming up in our series. When you see quotes, you type into Bing's co-pilot or Bing chat, whatever they want to call it, because they seem to be two different entities. Jan LeCune quotes, right? Uh, the underlying problem isn't the AI. The problem is the limited nature of language. Uh, will AI take over the world? No, this is a projection of human nature on machines, right? And, and you can see that there's something here that, and I, I'm taking it obviously completely out of context, right? I'm just looking at one quote that search engine uh, co-pilot brought back for us. What are uh, their competitors? But you can see that there's almost like this, eh, whatever, safety. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. A deflective quality, right? It's not the AI. It's the limited nature of language. Will it take over the world? No, man, it won't do it. It's humans. (laughs) And so there's that's why I I get the concern. But the scary part is for years we've been hearing on uh, the the whole digital world fame, right? And financial, it's been Facebook, Alphabet, Netflix, and uh, Google. No, it's Amazon. 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 Yes. Sorry. That was the alphabet. And Google. Uh, yeah, exactly. As I said, I was like, no, that can't be right. And the power of what they were doing as companies and Apple's in there as well, right? In many respects, because they're going to enter race late, as you've mentioned, mm-hmm. but the race is dependent on compute power. And MSN has mentioned how much they're going to be giving to OpenAI and Dropic, where it can make it. And so the competition, even at the second tier, if they're not that f- funded with so much money, they're going to be behind at some point. And if you think that then you're, in a sense, there's an instant condensation of power, it's similar to the nuclear arms race, which a lot of people have equated this to, right? The AI game, right? We've got six nations in the world that legally have nuclear power, nuclear arms. Is that what's going to end up here? In the sense of not nations, but entities Companies, that are really few. Yeah. yeah. And Meta has the money. They could do it. And they have the data. Like, Yeah. That was just I, about the other part I was going to say. <laughs> like, think about how much data you've given to Meta. All of us have given yeah. to Meta. We did not agree that this could be used to train a model. But yeah. you're not going to get asked. <laughs> no. You already haven't been asked. They've already done it. Yeah. And it's really interesting to me now that you bring something like that up when you bring stuff out of China. I know Go to Go, to Go our compatriated synth mines, is looking quite a bit into it. what's China doing within AI, right? Because that's not really talked about in the Western world. And the Chinese models 
of social media like WeChat and, and uh, Weibo. It's ingrained across all their lives. It's not just a social media platform. It's a payment platform. It's it's everything. It's, it's literally like their supercomputer central. Yeah, exactly centralized. So what kind of data do they have at play? And what the is data. the model? <laughs> yeah. And what are they going to be able to put out in comparison? And it goes back to a bit of what we were talking about, the open source. When is that going to be openly shared? Well, How for do we China. Help... Yeah. <laughs> How do we help each other improve? Because that's not the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not a collaborative space. To, to Meta, I just want to mention a few other things that are going on right now. So... They released this like application through, I think, Instagram and or Facebook where you can make stickers and it was like very easy to make highly inappropriate stickers using this thing. They have released, oh, and then recently they've had allegations. This isn't necessarily AI related, although it is. Allegations that they were prioritizing profits over the mental health of students and or youth yes. who are using their products. And we can all like point to the ethereal algorithms and blame, blame ourselves for doing this. But really, it's like Meta is the one creating the algorithms. They have shown that they were knowledgeable that it was creating these negative impacts on youth in particular. And they decided to lean into that rather than try to change it because it's a very important, lucrative demographic for them. So it's just like the, and this is what I really struggle with is you listen to Jan LeCun and Zuck for that matter, and their talking points around open source are also that this is important to make sure that everyone gets it. Crap, what was I going to say? Oh, they talk a lot about regulatory capture. In other words, we have all these people like regulatory capture? Yeah, I'll explain. So the idea here okay. is you have a lot of people fear-mongering, right? And, and a lot of these companies mm -hmm. fear-mongering is going to take over the world or whatever. And the idea here is that if you scare people and the policymakers who don't actually understand AI at all, then you're now the expert in the room causing urgency and fear, which allows you to write the policy on behalf of the government, right? And then you get in all yeah. like all the other things that go along with corrupt politics around this. And Jan's major talking point is, oh, we're gonna get regulatory capture for all this stuff that's going on. But then you look at Meta and it's like, you guys have been capturing <laughs> that for your entire existence. Like the entire, was it in, in the US, it's legislation like 230 or something like that, Bill 230, where you can't be held liable as a company for like what happens on your platform. And that has all yeah. kinds of issues we've seen down the line. Not that it should be completely the other way around, but you're telling me you can't share in the responsibility of the extractive and negative impacts of what your company has done legally. And how did that happen? It happened through regulatory yeah. capture. Yeah. It's an interesting especially with them and what they're involved in. I think it's the website is ai.meta.com where you can learn more about their projects and what they're putting out there and so forth. You mentioned voice and natural language prompts like with Audiobox and some of this stuff or AudioCraft that, that's happening there. One that sounds interesting, I don't know if you've had a chance to play with, but with your background in the education space, 
Have you, do you know much about ego how-to? It's supposed, it, they say that there's something that they're putting out that's a concept for future immersive experiences that will turn how-to videos into custom augmented reality and mixed reality tutorials. And yeah, I think that'd be pretty interesting, right? To see where that could come into the education space. There, so there already, are some good, th there are some good things that could come from, from Meta too. It's oh, not just. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, they're not all evil and bad. And it seems like they're trying to turn a corner. I just very much question the motivation behind what they're doing. Money, based I on would past imagine. experiences. Yeah. Uh, but the augmented, the mixed reality thing is super cool. And I do think that it's like failing right now financially, but I think it is ultimately the future. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos of the latest MetaQuest is like literally you can sit down in front of a piano and it will do a... Garage Band, you, you remember that game like version of playing the piano where it'll like show you the lines coming up that you just have to press hey, to yeah. play certain music in time. So there's stuff like that where you're going to be able to gamify learning to an extent that has never been available to us before by overlaying a, a virtual reality on our shared reality. And But there's all kinds of other issues that come along with that and I haven't heard any conversations around what are the guardrails we want to put on this either. Yeah, yeah. That's they, they are a very interesting company. I got to look more at that AI at meta.com and see how often they publish and things like that. Be It'd be interesting to start to try to aggregate for ourselves and for any of the viewers as well. What are these big companies, those fangs, what are they putting out around AI? We're constantly rating the Arvix catalog for the research papers. The use cases are really yeah, coming from these companies. And obviously a lot of very independent, scrappy entrepreneurs. So it's, yeah, I, I'd be fascinated because there's a whole different level of, as you mentioned, kind of politics and spin and that they're putting on things compared to what, in a sense, really happening. Everyone, you got a twofer today, the Zuck and Lacoon. Check them out for yourself. See how you feel about what they're talking about and how they're talking about it. But take it all with a grain of salt. <laughs> Just think about what they've, how they've impacted us as a globe so far. And if maybe these are the people we want leading the charge on open source, <laughs> maybe there's some better people we can put our, our marvels into. Thanks, everyone.